Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, December 14th. And if you went to bed early on the East Coast last night, you missed a thriller in L.A. Celtics-Lakers was incredible. I'll talk about it momentarily. We have a special, special guest today. He is always one of the... When I float... Hey, who do you guys want to hear on the podcast? To friends via text, in person. A name keeps coming up. Preston Johnson. Gambler, crypto guy, business guy, now owns a soccer team in London. He comes on the podcast. It's like a really good in-depth 40 minutes on life, and he's going through a health thing right now. He offers a great book that I've already downloaded. I mean, listen, it's it's great stuff. You guys like Preston. I I think you're going to like it. He's a guy who has the beard like James Harden. And was on the ESPN gambling show. I don't know if the show got canceled, but he's not on the show anymore. At any rate, it, it's really, really fun. I think you'll like the talk with Preston. But first, I got to address this Lakers loss. Goodness gracious. How many friggin' games can these guys blow that are just gut-wrenching losses? So, Indiana beats him at the buzzer in L.A. on an Andrew Nemhard three. A rookie hitting a three over LeBron at the buzzer. That's a devastating loss. Pacers are okay now. I guarantee you they will not win 40 games. Then they have the game against Philly. And Anthony Davis, clanging free throws. Lakers losing overtime. Lakers put forth an incredible comeback on national television against the Celtics. They were down like 22. They go on a 44-12 run. Yes, 44-12, bridging the third and fourth quarters. Take the lead. And then I keep hearing the announcer say, oh, the Lakers ran out of gas at the end. They were gas. They were so tired. They could, they just couldn't withstand Boston. 
Boston 17 to 4 run to force overtime and then they run away in overtime. Lakers were so tired, I'm told. You guys know the Celtics were on a back to back. They played Monday night against the Clippers. And yeah, they got blasted, but Tatum played 37 minutes. Brown played 30 minutes. Those two took the bulk of the shots. Essentially, you had a back-to-back against a contender who isn't playing the part of contender, but Kawhi played and Paul George played. They wanted that game. They blasted Boston. And then they come back the next night, same arena, take a massive lead against the Lakers. They start to run out of gas. And Anthony Davis at the line shooting two free throws. I think it was like 13 seconds left. Brick and brick. Jason Tatum, a superstar who finished with 44 points. He's just unbelievable. 44 points, nine boards, six assists. Tatum comes down, puts the moves on LeBron, hits a turnaround, and we go to overtime. I didn't love the LeBron shot at the end of regulation, but he just got scored on. He wanted to come back and get him. Hero ball at its finest. By the way, as a tease for what I talk about with Pey- uh, Preston later in the uh, pod. Jason Tatum is only 24 years old. You can have Jokic. I'll take Tatum. The only guys I'm taking over Jason Tatum right now in the league are Luka Doncic, obviously. Giannis. Probably Steph Curry. Steph Curry's 34, guys. Are we talking about for this season or building a team around? But Tatum has to be one of the five best players in the league. So just remember Tatum when we talk about a certain thing with Preston later in the podcast. But if you're the Lakers, man, you fall to 11 and 15. And this is definitely two games. The Philly one, yeah, that's a little tougher, but definitely two games. You could argue Lakers should be 500. 11 and 15, you know, I mean, they were hot for a minute. I think they won, what, 10 or 12, 8 of 10, something like that. And they were kind of surging. This loss hurts. Wins A, a win against the Celtics, who, by the way, the best team in the league, you've got to take that on a back-to-back. And I don't, I don't care what you want to say about, oh, Russell Westbrook, they were, he couldn't shoot anything. Yeah, we know Russell Westbrook can't shoot. That's not news. Of course the Celtics were daring him to shoot. They're a smart team. They got the scouting report. Hey, let him shoot. Like, that's not, that shouldn't be news, guys. The news here is Anthony Davis, your number two guy. You're Robin to LeBron's Batman. Anthony Davis talked about as an MVP candidate last week because of the tear he's been on. He had a great game, 37 and 12. Heroic stuff. Only attempted two threes. 15 free throws, but the only two that mattered. All he had to do was make one of those and put it to Boston. Go ahead. Make a three. Now, Boston did make 19 threes. Uh, I'm working with my calculator here. 19 times three, 57 points from three. Lakers made eight. That's 24. 57 to 24 advantage for the Celtics from deep. We know the Lakers aren't a great shooting team. I'll just put this out there. Russ, one of six from three. Lonnie Walker only played 23 minutes. I saw the minus 18. I know. They were riding Troy Brown. And I get it. Darvin Ham says, wait, we got got back in this game with Troy Brown. We're going to ride Troy Brown. Well, why are you riding Russell Westbrook? We know Schroeder was awful. 
And Patrick Beverly is terrible, and they can't get him out of town quick enough. But I don't understand why Lonnie Walker's not out there. Who do you want defending LeBron? Uh, uh, Jason Tatum, LeBron or Lonnie Walker? LeBron played 43 minutes. He's carrying the offense, 33-9-9. and And now you're going to ask him to defend Jason Tatum? It's just, that's not that's not fair for LeBron. I don't know. It's a tough loss for the Lakers. I know you look around the league and they're like, oh, the Warriors lost to the Bucs. Warriors are going to be fine. Defending champs. Next up, Lakers get a couple days to recuperate before Denver. And Jokic comes to town Friday. Washington, Phoenix, Sacramento. I, I don't know what to make of the Lakers. Anytime you get excited about this team, they let you down. That's life, I guess. All right, without further ado, Oh, by the way, best bet at the end of the episode, Morocco-France got really good with Lionel Messi, first goal scorer in uh, Argentina-Croatia. Not a great game because Argentina just bludgeoned them, basically. Back-to-back goals within like five minutes in the first half, and it was over. I think Morocco and France will probably be closer. Best bets at the end of the podcast, but without further ado, let's get to them. Preston Johnson. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. Let's welcome into Straight Fire a guest who's always in high demand. In the offseason, people said you got to bring him on before the college football season. But this guest was running a soccer team uh, across the pond, as they say. Preston Johnson. Preston, how are you? I am doing well. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring any advice to uh, this college football season, but I hopefully everyone just remembers Georgia from two years ago and just bet them again <laughs> because they're sitting pretty now. Yeah, they are. I did not think they would repeat. I, I, went, I was in Vegas yeah. and I got futures on Ohio State and Bama. So I guess I have... Uh, uh, okay chance with Ohio State, but not much of one. I, I don't. They got any shot to surprise Georgia here? My guess, and I didn't run any numbers modeling at all all season. But my my bet would be that they're undervalued in the game just based on the recency of the Michigan game and the fact that the final score looks a lot worse than the game really was because I think they were driving mid fourth quarter with a chance to go win the game, and then everyone's like, "Oh, they lost by twenty two at home." So my guess is I think you can get plus seven out there at some places. Okay. All right. Um, I would only bet Ohio State. I think. Interesting. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, before we get to, you know, gambling, which is your forte or was, let's talk about why you were not available. You went across the pond because you were running a soccer team. Now, uh, listeners of this podcast know that I bought into a soccer team a couple years ago and it's gone well. And I had caught wind of yours because you had asked me um, about, you know, the, my group and running a soccer team and all this stuff. And I'm sadly a little detached from it, but um you're like on the inside, like living in London for months on end. I'm just curious, like, is this, is this when they say live in the dream? Is this, is that what that is? Like running a team? <laughs> That's so funny. Cause you said sadly detached. And I was like, eh, maybe, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I mean, it depends on the day, but it's, it's yeah. really tough, man. And everyone told us like <laughs> English, English football or soccer, we're only fourth tier. You have the premier league, the championship, and then you have league one and league two in the EFL. And we're at the bottom of those main four. And it's like, it's just, it's a grind, obviously, but it's also, I think the thing I've, I've told a lot of people I underestimated the most is 
I would say for context, the closest you get as far as like passionate, like tribalism, as far as fans in England, where they just breathe and live football over there is like high school football in Texas, maybe, or like SEC tailgating, you know, for mm. college football. But it's yeah. still even not quite that. Like these guys, it's just their life that they they work so they can eat, sleep, and go to Crawley Town football games, and that's it. And so the pressures that I've felt just trying to put out a squad that's actually winning games is uh that's that noise has affected me more than I anticipated. But it's a learning process in the sense that you have to, you know, previously with betting on sports, it was like, are right, the numbers say this? You just do it and you trust the process, and like it just, you know, you either win or you don't. Um, and this, you're trying to balance like people's reactions and emotions, which is like a totally different type of stakes. It's not just money. It's like emotional stakes. So it's been really intriguing, like, you know, being on the inside and learning from. So you said affected um, when people think of GMs, they think of, you know, uh, guys running NBA teams or NFL, like they're just part of a cog. But you are owner slash GM. This is totally different than pretty much anything. in I guess Jerry Jones to an extent. I would I wouldn't give myself I and mean, we have someone that's actually titled general manager that's there gotcha. locally 24/7 on the ground. His name's Tom. He's great. He's been there for a while. Uh we have someone else as a director of football slash CEO that helps run a lot of the day-to-day. Um I would say for an owner though, we've been a lot more open and transparent. I've been more involved than, you know, 99.9% of owners would be. And so that's there is definitely a a difference there and Obviously, some of it's the background in analytics and modeling and, and trying to find edges. Uh, a lot of it's just our whole approach with like NFTs and crypto and stuff that also kind of blended in that we wanted to give people a real say uh, that are fans of the club and really bring a new audience to a club locally that prior to us acquiring was losing money every year and all the clubs mm. at that level lose money every year. And so we we're trying to bring you know an international audience and, and do some intri- intriguing content play media and so it kind of hit on a lot of little things i've been a part of um so i wouldn't say i'm necessarily the one running the the entire ship over there as far as the soccer goes but with a washington post story about you guys months ago and then there was a second one like essentially when people think of crawley town now they don't think of the gm or the director they think of you you know the bearded you're, guy yeah I, yeah the kind of the true. bearded guy and I, i'm watching you on zoom here your, your beard has grown i think we went to pre-pandemic um we were courtside, maybe. I think Jared Dudley was still playing. Oh, yeah, the, the Mavs Dubai. game. Yeah. Was it a Mavs game? Like, yeah, I think yeah. it was Mavs Lakers. And your beard was, you know, in full effect. But you have not cut it. And this has been like two or three years later. I No, I trim it every few oh, months. Oh, you do? I do, okay. I do, actually. It just grows faster than you think. But you probably caught me uh, like the day after I got it trimmed or something. But uh, okay. yeah, if I let it start going too much, I look homeless and it grows sideways and it's it's bad. Yeah. Have you had anybody just throw change at you in the streets? Like, hey, hey. <laughs> no, not, not yet. Just give me a, maybe in London in a couple of weeks. We'll oh, see. geez. Wow. Back so so yeah. yeah. So you came back because of, uh, I don't know how much you want to talk about your health scare. Um, oh. But. Yeah, we can. It's no big deal. Okay, all right, go go for it. I mean, you yeah, you, you so were I, over there, and then you you know talk about it. yeah. Go. I was making trips out every month or so for about three or four weeks at a time, so it was basically half and half. Uh, but then I had yeah, I had a, a, a cancer scare with melanoma um, that we luckily found pretty early, and I had to be back in the states you know, since mid October more or less um, to get some treatment, and then do some extra scans and tests and stuff and, and make sure everything's good and in the clear. Uh, but I will probably be going back assuming um, things go well here uh, in February. So it'll be like an almost four month delay, but you know, it's tough with the time change. It's like eight, eight hours when you're on the West coast. And yeah. like, I feel like we're always a day behind responding to people we need to, and to get 
info across. And so it'll be helpful to get back over there for sure. And you obviously uh, being, you know, the faith that you're on the ground there as much as possible, but you've got a family back here and kids and stuff, you know, it's, not, you know, it's not like a business trip. You're going over there for extend you're grinding basically. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that's probably the most difficult part outside of actually trying to win the soccer games is just handling work-life balance in a sense that, uh, you know, you have like, I guess we're lucky in this day and age. You have like FaceTime, right? You can like FaceTime your kids or something if you need to, and you get to talk to them pretty regularly. But in the end, you don't see them. Like, I'm missing out on their soccer games on Saturdays or, mm. um, you know, getting the rundowns on how school went every day. It's just like, you know, little things that um, build up. So that's been the plus of being back for sure and being home for the holidays in the next couple of weeks with Christmas and New, and, um, New Year's and everything. Uh, just being around for, for four months straight all kind of was a good kind of reset and refresher on the family side. Uh, the best part about being an owner of a pro sports team is. So as a kid, like the dream is always, Oh, I want to run a sports team or a franchise or whatever. Yeah. And so you never actually, and once you get older, you're like, I'm never going to actually do it. So I would say the best part is saying, you know, at least I, I've been lucky enough to have this opportunity and, and give it a whirl. I would say I've learned more though about, uh, hmm. it's interesting because all right, so I'm, I'm, there's a lot to say here. I'm going to try to do it quickly. I, as a former like poker player, then sports better. You think you're like I know this is how it's done. This is the process. You have to trust it, and like this is how it goes. And I think the biggest thing I learned is that when you're moving to a new like line of work or industry, in the end, like the math, like the analytics, the data, it it still plays out. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Now I was way more hesitant early on, uh, which I regret to some extent. Uh, and I would say is the biggest thing I've learned, which is probably my favorite thing I've learned about myself and not just trusting that the analytics and the data and like what we've known in other walks of life in gambling, betting, poker, whatever, um, is just going to work. Like the math's still the same. Now it doesn't matter. I'm not like a huge soccer guy or I wasn't prior. It's just that data in the numbers tell all eventually over time. And so that's something that I've learned pretty quickly, luckily, uh, because I have the past experience, but I should have just been more, had more conviction out of the gate. And I just, I lacked it early on. Um, this is one thing that, and again, I'm not sharing stuff that's not out there, but you know, with the team we have in Mexico, uh, you know, we parted ways with the coach after the season, we had a vision of, Hey, we've got these young guys. The numbers say they're good. They're probably not ready yet, but they are pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. And the manager wouldn't really play the best player because, you know, they're a little, you know, these managers are a little old school. You know, you could yep. say all the numbers oh, you want, yeah. and they're still seeing old school. I know soccer, don't trust the spreadsheet. And ultimately, it's like, all right, listen, you're not going to play the young guys. You know, how do yep. you handle that as an owner? Because I know people easily say, just tell the coach to play the young guys. Well, anybody who's seen hell movies, um, TV shows. It, it isn't that easy. It's never that easy. It's <laughs> yeah. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, we've had to make a coaching change this season ourselves mid season because we started so poorly early on. And it's interesting because I think one of the main things I've also learned is that everyone over there says that they work and use data, but they just don't like, no. it's not even like close to where it should be or the level that they're doing it, like the premier league or something. And so um, like, what do we do? I mean, like we try to like give them the information and like show them like, Hey, this is what it says. But your point about like playing the young guys over the old guys is like, ah, oh, well, 
I might I might lose the locker room if I yep. don't play this this guy because he's the one that a lot of them look up to and it's like okay but we're gonna have a better chance of losing the game if he plays <laughs> is that like, like are, are you sure you want to lose more often than not so for the sake of the locker room or whatever it may be like and so it's very traditional old school mentality that um is something that we have to absolutely change and kind of it's a not necessarily a culture reset. That's like the words people throw around, but it's just like an attitude reset almost in a sense, um, not only from the player side, but the, the coaching staff and kind of the the club and, and group as a whole. So it, when you compare it to American sports, right? Baseball was very quick to adapt to numbers. Basketball, very mm-hmm. quick. Football, a lot slower. Starting to come around. Where would you say soccer falls into that? Are they closer to either of those three sports? I would say it's no, no. The answer is no to that. It's a way, it's a way more nuanced game, which we, we don't even need to get into. But I mean, there's like so much movement off the ball. Play by play tracking is really good, but could be better. Um, but just you have these events in baseball and like football call, like here's a play and what happens and you mm-hmm. just measure it. Baseball, it's like the guy's going to get a hit 27 and a half percent of the time. Like you just measure it. Basketball, it's a less nuanced because there's only four other players off of the ball and like you can. It's, it's easier to capture and, and plus there's value in certain points and there's so many possessions and final scores like you have such a big sample whereas soccer the final scores sometimes are like really off the mark from how the game was played right because it's just one goal is so much yeah. variant so i say all that to say that soccer is way behind but um the biggest i would say comp th- this is going to actually probably you, you, this might throw you for a loop but i would say as far as like all in one metrics, you know how NBA like started with PER. PER, yes. And it's gone on now. You have like real plus minus and estimated wins. And like you have so many more advanced mm-hmm. all in one metrics that are a lot stronger and predictive. I would say that soccer as a whole, unless they're doing it privately with, with clubs at the Premier League where they have their own in house modeling and, and, and metrics and everything, but publicly, it's like at the PER level, maybe slightly ahead. Wow, that's not good. At least, yeah, so there's a long way to go and improve, at least from a public standpoint on what's being built um, for soccer or football it, globally. It, it feels like even in the World Cup, I'm hearing people say XG and I'm like, oh, nice. OK, people are on XG, mm-hmm. but that, that's still uh, that's basically not quite the PER. But again, XG is probably the casual soccer fan doesn't know about that, right? I would say I mean, the gambling at, at this point, is. the casual maybe is it's, it's interesting because XG is not even like it's more predictive than the final results of any one soccer yes. game. But it's also like the correlation on XG year over year is like slightly positive, but it's not that great. Mm. And so there's like more nuanced, like post shot XG has a stronger correlation. And so that's like actually gotten to a little bit better. It, it, and XG lacks like a lot of context where you can have like a three on one run with an opportunity to potentially score. But if you don't even get a shot, the next G, it doesn't, it's not even included. It's like a 0% um, yeah. added goal or a 0.00. Whereas, you know, a three on one, some percentage of the time is going to result in a goal. Yeah. But when XG is tracking it, it's not even including those situations. So how do you capture those situations when there's not a shot? Because XG is just specifically um, compiling the value of every shot over the course of the game. Now, where it is helpful is, for example, we lost our last game 2-0, 2-0. Um, but we, <laughs> we doubled the XG of our opponent. Right. So now it wasn't very high anyway, but defensively we were actually really strong despite them scoring twice. And it's like, okay, that was probably a little bit of an unlucky result. Uh, but you can use that to kind of gauge and measure, yeah. you know, we've had wins. We had on a winning streak where we were losing the XG battle every game. Um, but we were unbeaten for five in a row. So like it, it goes both ways, but it at yeah. least gives you an idea of over time, you can kind of assess your playing level or skill level. All state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. 
Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Vredestein Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So, for instance, USA-Netherlands, I'm assuming you've consumed the World Cup. Uh, USA-Netherlands, USA won the XG, or it was super close. It was like .02 difference. And I'm telling people, like, USA played a really good game. They basically just let Netherlands have a couple chances, and Netherlands converted all of them. If you watched England-France over the weekend. Yeah, did you? that was the one I was going to mention. I mean, England clobbered them. Mbappe did absolutely nothing. England loses the match and it's like it's when you don't see a lot of people recognizing that i feel like it says a lot about the analytics and and again i'm not well, that's, mr analytics but i've gotten into it with soccer thanks to our top team in um, that, that's the perfect context as to why there's still so much room to go or ways to go because one game there's so much flukiness and randomness in one game especially in a world cup setting like the england one's perfect is i was obviously rooting for them with all of the the people over there it was like what did I say? Like 2.44 to 0.87 or something yeah, like they almost three X them in XG. Yeah. And it, and even if you take away the the missed uh, penalty, you know, it's the, they doubled them in XG and it just, Oh, but sorry, you're out of the world cup. So you have four years, like it's brutal how much goes into one game. Um, and yeah, England outplayed them. I, I think most people would agree, but it, yeah. you look at the final score and yeah, the casual fans probably not really digging in. 
So we're recording this after Argentina drubbed Croatia 3-0, Morocco versus France in the semifinal. I mean, do you, first of all, do you have any players on either of the team or, um, no, not elite two level championship in the premier league. They take time off because they do have players playing internationally pretty regularly league one league two. There's, there was one, we played against someone that actually was playing for Wales. It's, it's more rare, but Crawley town specifically, uh, not not a thing. You know what? You remember how I lived in Portugal for a few years? I, I did my remember. my LDS mission there, and I was like certain when Morocco upset Spain, I was like Portugal is going to be going to the final four, the semis. Like we have a real shot. Like I really, yeah. my first connection with soccer at all was when I lived there because like again, soccer is life everywhere but the U.S. basically. And so in Portugal, I really got attached, and so that's actually like my first love with the wow. sport is Portuguese. And so if I was if I was really like if you sat me down and said who would you prefer to win. I would pick Portugal over the United States, like really sincerely, because I know how much it means to the country and the people over there versus like the U S just moves on. Like who cares? Yeah. And so I genuinely thought we had a shot and then Morocco's just, they're finding ways. So I don't know if this France seems like an easy pick, but Morocco's doing it. I don't know. And let me ask you about Portugal. I did not dig into the numbers for the benching of Ronaldo. Was that a numbers thing or was that uh extracurricular behind the scenes stuff? From what I heard, I don't even know if it was behind the scenes. He was com- seen complaining when he got taken out the game yeah, prior yeah. late. And so the coach manager was trying to make a statement. The numbers, from what I knew before the tournament even started, though, is that they were better off if he was coming off mm-hmm. of the bench and that they're a better squad without him um, in limited sample. But I think everyone kind of agrees he's Ronaldo's on the way down if he isn't already kind of, you know, fallen off. So uh, I, I don't, I, I think it actually played out really well how it did. They just couldn't beat Morocco. But, um, you know, the game prior, they they showed that they could do it without yeah. Ronaldo and scored a bunch of goals. So we'll get to football and stuff in a second. I just, as a soccer guy, I know you're into soccer. I have to, a couple more. So on Portugal, they bench Ronaldo. His sub is a 21-year-old, okay? I don't really know what club he plays for. He scored, I believe, a hat trick in like 68 minutes. And yeah. Preston, I was going to uh, all my American soccer fans. I'm on a bunch of text threads with them. And I'm like, just let this sink in. The U.S. strikers have never, ever really been a factor. Maybe when Aldo back in the day um, at the World Cup. Portugal brings on a 21-year-old who gets a hat trick in 68 minutes or whatever the number was. (laughs) And and, and just trying to put that into context, it's like it's almost frustrating as a U.S. soccer fan. Like how? Why can't we we get all the striker that got a 21-year-old? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Like – for for one, Portuguese football soccer is pretty good. Like they're up there just in general worldwide. Like they're yeah. they're class. Uh, I saw a tweet. It was it was right after we drew England in the group stage. I saw a tweet. I don't know who it was from. I'm gonna probably misremember some of the names, but it was something to the nature of the U.S. has tied England despite LeBron James, John Morant, Saquon Barkley, and Aaron Donald <laughs> being out. Really impressive performance. Oh. And it basically sums up where we're at. Uh, like, okay. I don't over in all the other countries, they're literally doing nothing but playing soccer. Every top-tier athlete is playing soccer, and we have soccer. What, what would you say? Fourth in line, if not lower, because a lot of guys play I don't know. I, I, I got to be honest. I think, again, I'm, Maybe I, it's I'm third impartial. Now. I would say... Yes, in America, I know the numbers and TV ratings are bigger for baseball, but I think I do believe soccer is gaining close to baseball. I think baseball—it's have passed NHL, right? Soccer is definitely past the NHL. 
Yeah, I know. I agree. I think that's why it's third or fourth, depending on where you feel baseball is. I think that's correct. Yeah. So, but again, that's a little silly. Like Aaron Donald, you think he's playing soccer at that size? Come on. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I get, um, what is Mbappe? Maybe six, one, one eighty. What is he a cornerback? Mm. Like he, he's, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. That but but it's, it's, it's not necessarily this. I mean, it's partly size for sure, but it's, Mbappe wasn't playing anything else. The six-one cornerback That's is fair. playing soccer and basketball, maybe baseball and you know American football. So it's 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 how much time and, and commitment are they putting in with that skill level or athleticism from the time they're four or five years old up? And over in other countries, there's just literally no other sport for a lot of them. Like for example, Ramos Gonzalo, I think is his first name, the guy That's that came the guy on for Ronaldo. Yeah. He he plays at Benfica. I mean, they're like a top tier Portuguese League One club, but there it's not like he plays for even like a Premier League club or one of the top, top. Might so it's like, year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, it's only a matter of time if he wants to, yeah. probably. But uh, yeah, it's just interesting that it's well, just I other mean, countries I, are just better. Uh, I don't want to, I mean, there are, I think there are certain kids whose parents get it and they have to make that tough decision. Do I want to pull mm-hmm. my kid out of school and put him in an academy? Now, obviously the academies aren't pay to play. That's like, you need the invite. I think the pay to play is a whole nother discussion and that's definitely not good in America, but yeah, I do think if you have to make the decision, I'm going to put my kid in an academy. And if you look at a lot of the people whose kids are in academies, the parents played played soccer at a high level or are coming from another country. I mean, at least that's what I've experienced in the small number of people I know at academies. That makes sense. I know I, I'm not too in tune with the setup, although I know a lot of people complain about the cost of the academies and just it, it's it's really disproportional in a, in America relative to other countries where it's a little more natural where you can go into an academy system. Um, for free in a lot of cases, as opposed to in America to get on a good club team or in some sort of academy, it costs at least four figures, sometimes five figures a year. Yeah. Can you imagine telling Messi at like 13, Hey, you got to pay if you can't afford it. We can, can, you know, come on. Uh, At any rate, I want to quickly drill down on the U S and the world cup. Um, I'm curious, what did you think of the match against England? And then obviously the Netherlands one. In general, I, I I wasn't paying, I paid attention. I watched them. What what I try? I wasn't, my hopes were low. My, the bar was set pretty low. I, everyone kept telling me that really knows U.S. soccer and follows it that the, the this is like a 2026 mission, mm-hmm. especially with the current squad. And so I just wasn't really – my expectations were low. We got out of the group, which is at least good, right? And then you know we, we, we move on. We got the experience, and the hope is that in four years we actually could have a team that could you know make some sort of run. I mean, everyone, Croatia's done it, Morocco, like – even though we've been, I was just ragging on the U.S. as not being as talented as other countries. It could absolutely make a run, um, but I think it's that we were playing for 2026 and trying to just get a lot of these younger guys some some experience that so they can roll over into their you know future seasons. And have you discussed with the Gio Reyna Berhalter situation with any of your soccer people? I'm very curious because you know, listen, I say some stuff that I've heard. People come after me. Turns out some of it has been revealed to be true. The rest we'll see if it comes out, but. Mm-hmm. The Reina Berhalter, I feel like it's a positive for U.S. soccer because this is almost like a European situation, right? Punk young kid who's immensely talented, doesn't really want to fall in line or listen to orders or, or work. And we're going to have we're going to have issues with him. that's like a European thing, right? It, it, I mean, we I've read stories about like world class players sent home from the World Cup. Right. I mean, it's similar to like. Maybe it's not similar, but you have like Ronaldo getting bad. I don't know, like they, they're not afraid to make a statement and, and make yeah. a decision that like, especially when you're playing for your country, it's like there's other people out there that are would be dying to play and take your spot, right? So I don't blame them. I haven't spoken to anybody about it specifically, to be honest. So I don't really have any context to add. Um, 
but I'll say having been a part of a club now for seven or eight months, um, I, I think doing those things are necessary. And and we don't know all the context or the uh, details or the variables that are involved in those decisions, but there's definitely times where I think you got to put your foot down and and like make a statement from a management standpoint. And um, like I've already seen it myself a few times, and so at that level, I'm sure it happens plenty as well. And and I don't blame them at all. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Do you think 2026, like a deep run, is possible? I mean, I the, with, between all the young talent that they have, um, I think Burhalter's the big question, you know? Like, you yeah. have a soccer philosophy. When you ha- bring in a coach to interview him, you want to know what his philosophy is, uh, like in terms of attacking, defensive, possession, whatever. I think a lot of people are questioning Burhalter and his kind of lack of attacking, and it's more of like a possession defensive stance. I don't know your thoughts. Um, I mean, so that's why I think I I was alluding to obviously anything can happen in any of these Croatia, Morocco, like those those tend to happen. So we have some shot in twenty twenty six. I would say. Uh, do you even know the odds before the the tournament? I didn't follow the gambling side because I can't even really bet on soccer. Yeah, I was going to ask, can you but, even bet on soccer do, anymore? 
No, they told me that I can't bet on like Japanese women's like under 14s. Like anything that has anything to do with soccer at all, I, I cannot bet on it. So <laughs> I, I haven't. But I, so I don't know where was US as far as like a favorite Ooh. when the World Cup like pre group stage. I, I don't want to say they were say outside the top 10, right? Oh, certainly. I think they were probably in like the 12 to 16 range. Like middle of the pack? Yeah, okay. 12 to my 20 guess, range. My guess, it, all right. So in my head, I was like, can they become a like top 10 favorite by 2026? I think a lot of people would maybe see them in that seven to 10 pocket um, if they're able to improve and a lot of these guys kind of um, find their way. But four years is such a long way off, too. It's hard it to, to make a prediction. Um, all right. So let's pivot away from soccer real quick. And I am curious when you came back stateside, first of all, were you following NFL and college football when you were over there? Or probably not. I did a, I did a Calcutta for college football with our friends, Jeff and, mm, and Rufus yes, and some yes. others. And so I have action actually in college football that was all preseason, which didn't require me to pay attention week to week or game to game mm-hmm. um, or work week to week, I should say. But so therefore I've been paying some attention to that. Like I have Ohio state, um, had Utah when they didn't split up where it's like you get a percentage of the pool for if you win the conference or someone that had the most rushing yards, or if you win the Heisman or oh, where geez. you finish in the final college football poll. And, and so like Utah was good. Obviously they beat USC. It allowed Ohio state to jump back into the top four. And mm-hmm. um, so that was a big game I was following closely. It was a pretty big swing there. Um, but I had Bama as well. I had Bama Boise who lost to Fresno in the Mountain West conference championship. But I followed that one. Uh, but I will say I've, I've, I'm way less uh, yeah. into because that was your baby. That than... was I mean I know yeah. you're an NBA guy. I'll ask you about that in a sec. But college football was your baby. I mean you were pretty heavy in the gambling every week, right? It, yeah, that was that was my bread and butter for about eleven or twelve straight years. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. So uh, are, are you following NBA? Have you tracked any of the start of the season here? Yeah, I, I, basketball is just such a it's my life. And, and, and if you throw soccer and now my real life, I just mean like as a kid that that was all I cared about. So, uh, yeah, I have to watch basketball and the Lakers. I don't even, like, I just watched, it's just such a fun game. There's so much drama on the league, but, uh, like I know the Lakers stink and they've been a little better with Russ off the bench and I'm a Lakers fan, but I really just, I love watching how much talent is in the league, you know, league wide, whether it's the Pelicans Celtics. Have, did I tell you the Pelican story from last year? No. Oh my gosh. You'll love this. So, I wish I would have been paying more attention this year. So last year with about three months left in the season, a buddy of mine reaches out. He says they had just beaten the Suns, the Pelicans had, and they just traded for McCollum. And he's like, they're a pretty good matchup for the Suns. At the current time, they're like 11th in the West. Okay. He's like, but what if Zion comes back? The year prior, he like set the record for PER and like an yeah. offensive efficiency standpoint. He's like one of the best scorers we've ever seen. He's like, if Zion comes back, CJ McCollum kind of works out and they start gelling like Herb Jones is a defender. Like they're actually, they actually like have something here and they were 500 to one to win the West. So the bet was, does Zion come back? Do they win one of the play-ins? And then can they upset the Suns as an eight one, which last year without Zion, they did get into the play and they took the Suns to six games. And one of their losses, they were up double digits going into the fourth quarter. They almost took them to seven games anyway. Yeah. And, the, and Phoenix was healthy. We like, so we thought we were like, we got it. We got to bet this. So we bet like, a thousand dollars of five hundred to one. So it was like a pretty like the payoff was to win big. the West. To win the West, and then this year we didn't do anything. We we're just like not thinking about it. Oh, it's one of it's one of the guys that I work with on on the whole soccer stuff. So we didn't bet it, and now they're like the one seed in the West, second best record I think, or third best record in the league. One of the best, or maybe it is the best point differential. And they've gelled. They're younger, a year so a year older, and Zion's actually playing, and it's just like they're incredible. And we should have had probably some like fifty to sixty to one bet in the West on the Pelicans and. uh 
just forgot about it. But anyway, it, so we were you early. Think this is sustainable. Why? Is, so who are you afraid of? And though this is my favorite argument that I've heard people talk about, because I still okay. listen to all the NBA podcasts. It's like, obviously they're young and like, you have to like kind of get tested first before you really break through. We've seen that a lot yes. in like history and a lot of sports, a lot of leagues. The Warriors, like, by that, the way, uh, the Warriors did, I think they lost in the first round and the next year won the title. Or maybe was it second round? No, they did because they they lucked out that Kevin Love and Kyrie got hurt and they beat LeBron in the finals. That's but right, like that's right. they I played like pretty the poorly. Warriors actually. lucked out. Haven't heard that yeah. in a while. <laughs> and then and then they should have won the one where they ended up blowing the three one lead. And they had injuries and it went the other way. So okay. overall, I think the Warriors got the right amount of titles, but they got they flipped to that the Cavs were better their first win, and then the Warriors were better when Sorry, the Cavs Kyrie came got hurt in work. overtime or something. It was like game, game one. one, didn't he get hurt? And Love was already out because of a shoulder right. thing yes, from yes, Olenek, like in round two or so something. Okay, so there is a so, little so, so you have like you have like Denver. You have let me just pull it up no, real quick. They're not, Denver not, and you have I'm not afraid of Denver. You're not really worried about them. Memphis is the two seed. Uh, Phoenix, I don't think they're much not even them. healthy. I don't, and I think the matchup again, Pelicans and Suns is pretty good. And then the Kings, the Blazers, maybe the Clippers and Mavs and Warriors come on because they're older and they're gonna Well, I mean, better, hold on. But, let's let's go to you're the biggest Luca fan that I know. You were the one who told me at the like way early on Luca that he's going to be an all-time great. And I was a little slow to react, but I've been saying he's the best player in the league for two years now. And I think he's a nightmare matchup for the Pelicans. Who's going to guard him? Herb Jones? I mean, he'll try. But here's the thing. Everyone tries their best and everyone gives Luka his 35-8 and 8 or whatever. But like who... They have have to get a second player that's better than Tim Hardaway Jr. or Dorian Finney-Smith or Christian Wood. Like, they're just... just, uh, Yeah, I I think they do. I think... I think... I don't think... Granted, we saw what Luca and Dallas did last year against Phoenix, right? So, I mean, like they they got close, and then the Warriors beat them up though, just because hmm. th- they play more of a team style that I think Dallas didn't have enough, and then they lost Jalen Brunson anyways. And so, I I think they're one player away, but you know, I love Luca, I and mean, I wouldn't count him out in a big game in a playoff setting where so we've seen Clippers, him already. Pelicans? Do it, but <laughs> that's I mean, it's interesting. The Clippers just beat the Celtics last night, right? I mean, Kawhi yeah. is coming when, back yeah. now, some and Paul George, and so they're a team that matches up really well against uh, the Celtics, where they can just switch everything and make things frustrating. Hmm. But got to still shout out Boston, even though they've lost two in a row. I think they're still on pace to have the best offense of all time. So, um, yeah, between them and New Orleans, I think the one seed is pretty, pretty fun to to follow along so far this so year. Kawhi's but uh, yeah, bar- interesting. Wait, hold on. Ka- Kawhi's barely playing. Clippers sixteen and thirteen. Is this a good time to fire on them to win win the title or? Is it already baked in because they know Kawhi is probably going to be there? What's, what's the price? Hold on. Hmm. Do you know off the top of your head with the I Clippers? I know preseason I they were like the first or second favorite, right? Like they were up there, at least out of the Western Conference I think it's teams. Boston and Golden State probably still, right? I doubt Golden State is at the oh, top. But I'm, we I, know I, they're going to be there. They're like they're like not even in the playoff mix right now, right? I think they're ninth. But again, it's like one third of the way through the season. They just yeah, won the title. Did, did. Slow start. I Remember Boston was like under 500. Yeah, so you can so, yeah, so this, the Clippers were like plus 450 preseason, plus 400, plus 450, maybe 5 to 1. They're 10 to 1 now. So oh, in theory yeah. if you still believe like you're getting twice as much value uh or payout in hmm. in 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 jumping in now and I, what are the, the question Pels? is Kawhi is coming back but is he going to play more than once a week? I don't know. Um <laughs> the, the Pelicans, I mean they were like Man, even like two weeks ago when my buddy reached out, he's like, why did we not bet the Pelicans preseason? Um, they were still like 50 to one. And now they're like 20 to 22, I think, when we just looked like a week ago. Like everyone's on board. And, and uh, Vulgaris Horalabob tweeted about the Pelicans like five days ago. And then just, yeah, they have 22 to one is the best price I see. But right don't now. you don't you still think at 22 to one, it's worth taking even if you miss the 50? Or is that just on principle? That's not think? even the West. That's actually to win it all. So, I mean, they'd have to beat Boston or... 
bucks. I, I don't think it's worth taking because I don't know because I'm not running any NBA sim model anything. So I couldn't actually tell you, oh yeah, they have a greater than 4.8% chance or whatever. Like that's how I was doing things. So I couldn't tell you, but my guess is that the value on New Orleans was gone as of like one to two weeks ago where the mm. price was 50 to one or more. And now it's now you're chasing now at this point. Oh, what do you think of the, I'm, I'm assuming you've seen Wembenyama and obviously everybody's salivating. When when do we start to see the legit tanking? I saw Cade Cunningham's <laughs> out for the year and they're probably going to trade Bogdanovich. Is it like, hey, let's just throw all rookies and 10-day guys out there from now? Like, is it too early to start I've, tanking? Has anyone done this exercise with you? Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Webb and Yana, but like how many... Let's go through. Would you trade Giannis for the first pick in this year's draft? No, come on. Luca? No. No. Okay. You go through on this. What about like, I don't know, Devin Booker? Of course. <laughs> right. So like there's like four or five guys that you wouldn't trade in the league right now for him. And so it's it's like an all time how many players that's a good one. So what about Zion? Right. So Zion's like you're probably trading Zion for him because of the lack of injury history. Uh, health and, and trust there uh like like kd's older of course you're trading him lebron of course you're trading him anthony davis is nothing now like Jokic is probably close he's probably one you wouldn't trade I don't, can, um, can but he it's get, closer because he's get getting older first? i mean come on i don't know I, I fair mean, fair too so i i think that the question is sound in that the tanking should be way more extreme than we've ever seen. And it hasn't quite been that case until you look at the point differential for the Spurs and it's like minus 10 and then everyone yeah. else is like minus 6.8. Go or, look or at better. some of their starting lineups, dude. So, rough. so the Spurs, I think, are really trying. They've just actually unluckily won more games than their point differential implies. So they have a better record than two teams. But it's just a matter of time. And I think Detroit should be hmm. for sure doing everything they can. Steph Curry, would you trade him for the number one pick? So, th- so that's like another one where if there's like four or five, you wouldn't. Here's the thing he's about close, it. On top of the man, basketball, he's like 34. He's, he's, yeah, he's only got like three more years probably where he's this good. SGA was one where it's like you probably do, but SGA is oh. like solidifying himself as like a top 10 guy, arguably. But he's and he's only 23 or whatever. He's like super young still. Oh. But the Steph one, it's like when you when you look at outside of the basketball, it's like he's like a billion dollar asset. He's like for the team in the city he plays in going forward, whoever gets that number one pick one like a billion at least just hmm. straight up that's how much he's worth and so that how many players are worth that much in the league and there's not that many and that's outside of the fact that he might have potential to be one of the greatest players of all time that we've seen now so it's just let really me let me pour some water on it preston um okay. historically thin tall like abnormally tall guys like him who are can handle play on the perimeter porzingis kevin durant We've seen mm-hmm. foot injuries really cripple these guys. And I, again, you can't bake in and project in injuries. But what's your concern level of an injury with a guy of that size and frame? So I would say the concern level has to be there for sure. Does it concern me as much as... So here's the thing. You, you know how fluid Durant looks and KD looks when he plays? Mm-hmm. That's how Webinyana looks. Yes. Like, he doesn't look like he's the guy that's oversized for his feet he plays like a wing slash guard and he is fluid and like his body is just like accustomed to it so and, and even zion for some you know or like jaw who does his crazy stuff and you're like praying he doesn't tear a knee every time he lands after dunking over somebody like i i think it's i'm not a medical whatever i, I don't know anything about anything but he looks different than a lot of those 
seven plus guys that have had foot problems in the way that he just glides and like handles his body and, and is trained. And to be honest, and I would guess that at this point in time, we're better at um, training and, and and setting those guys up while they're young to be more healthy, older. Does that make sense? Right. The, yeah, the sports no, science is just at such a high level. Whereas Yao Ming was just kind of playing with a, you know, a stacked deck after X amount of games, he was just yeah. done for it. Right. So that that's, I would, I would, I'm more optimistic than historical, but obviously it's a concern. Anthony Edwards or Wembenyama? Oh, that's easy. Okay. Anthony Edwards, you have him in your top like <laughs> no, I'm just, I 20 just or like, I was going to say I mean, he's a young other. guy that, yeah, he just yeah, doesn't have say another, quite enough. Um, uh, I, uh, Keegan Murray. I, I really like this, yeah. the Kings this year. I was joking, obviously, of being facetious. Uh, Joel Embiid, though. I know you're a yeah, big I, Embiid I, guy. I'm not huge on Embiid. Obviously, he's very talented and good. I just, I don't know if he's a winning player. Can he get to the conference finals? I, I honestly think if I was drafting the league and Webignano was in it, he'd be my third pick. Giannis, Luca, and I think, Luka. yeah, yeah, Luca and Giannis are top two because of their age and their effect on the game. And after that, I think you have to bet on him, meaning Webignano, next because Jokic, Steph, and then even like Embiid, it's like, yeah, maybe. But he also he's had injury history and only probably two to three more seasons of prime Embiid, if that. I'd bet on the guy who's going to bring my city a billion plus and maybe is a top five guy all time. Like yeah. you just have to make the bet. I am curious. Uh, we could wrap up with this. Given your health scare, uh, are you able to play a lot of hoops? I know you do like to uh, sit behind the three point line and just make it rain like Clay Thompson, but um, have you been playing a lot of hoops? Since COVID, I just I haven't played enough. Oh I, I, I've talked to you. You've invited me up to your game. I don't know if you still yeah. play Wednesdays. I need to come play, but well, we, we I, haven't, uh, we haven't, we've moved it indoor and then I got the new job and, uh, I haven't I haven't been playing as okay. much as I was in the summer. We'll we'll try to play one of maybe one of the weekends or something and get some run in. But I've I've probably played actual basketball three times this whole year. Oh, but dude, I've gone well, and shot on. like like once a week or something. I'll go but shoot you, around at the gym. I mean, listen, if you're not in the basketball shape with the legs and the movements and the quick bursts, that that's <laughs> it's, dangerous. It's rough. You know? Yeah, you, yeah. Do you have a ladder at home where you're doing footwork and stuff? <laughs> no i'm not I, kidding I, I have one in my family room for the kids they, i will they say don't this use it but they should speaking health wise i can't control the cancer stuff but i could control other things health wise and so i've i've definitely gotten in way better shape the last uh five months or so mm-hmm. and so for playing basketball now i feel like i would actually be a little quicker and more agile mm-hmm. despite not playing a lot just because i'm uh in much better shape and less stress on my speaking of feet and joints and knees yeah. and stuff. Uh, I think I so actually, have, yeah, we got to play. Yeah. I think I may have sent you some videos. Cause of course I had my daughter come to our league games last year and take videos. And then we hired some college kid to put together like a reel from the playoffs. Very mm-hmm. nerdy stuff. But, I remember uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. So Tracking here's the stats. The thing, we just signed up for the higher league, which is um, the a level, which is a bunch of like, you know, 20 and early 30 something year old, bouncy uh, guys who probably played high school, probably some low-level college. So uh, we did secure a commitment to add to our team a six, seven guy who played at UC Irvine, but like 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And then a guy who was on the Yale basketball team within the last five years, went to the NCAA tournament and played against West Virginia and had like 20. And he's gonna he's gonna mm. play with us. Well, we'll we'll see. He might be too good for the. It gives you guys know. a shot. No, no. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Here's I the mean, thing. It's like, so, you know, old ass Jason trying to guard some young guy on the no. perimeter. You know, because I've seen I've seen like you're actually in shape where you can run up and down and keep up, which is like the first step, and then yeah. skill comes in or, or doesn't. So like you, you at least got that. You'll be able to hang. That, that'll be fun. I'm I'm trying to fashion myself as like a Bruce uh, Bowen. You remember him? 
like a physical yeah. defensive guy who would hit some corner threes and call he hit forty percent from three and fifty percent from the free throw line. Yeah. <laughs> fifty. Uh, all right, man. Well, hey, good good luck with the health. By the way, when you got this scare, did you have one of those moments like, oh my gosh, what do I have to accomplish in my life? What, do I need to like travel the world or any of that stuff? I've been fortunate enough. I've been able to travel some, but I definitely had that. Um, it was more like worry of maybe I haven't like fulfilled whatever my purpose is. Right. Or mm. worry of and regret of like, well, what if I done this instead of this? Cause what if my time is short and crap now I only have X amount of months or, or years left. And it, that, that, it, I mean, it's a, it, it's, it's, it's rough, right. Mentally. It was, it was a, a tough couple of months. Luckily, like they kept saying, Oh, we caught it early. We caught it early. It was great. You came in like, and, um, We've, the procedures have gone well so far. So it's a positive trajectory, but for sure you reevaluate a lot of things in your life and uh, for the better, honestly. And I've tried to just give a lot more and give a lot back and try to just um, appreciate others more and just be a friend to other people as much as I can. Cause I won't, you know, in theory, that's something that um, is more impactful than like traveling the world or, or some of those things. So that's kind of been my focus, I think more than anything in the last four or five months. Interesting. So you said fulfill my purpose. I think a lot of people heard that and instantly pause, maybe brush their hand on their chin and said, shit, man, mm -hmm. what, what is my purpose? Yeah. What even is it? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you find that One out. To think I think, on. Yeah. I think the mere fact that you're thinking about it says something, right? For the sure. Mere fact I'll that tell you this. If, if anybody, if anybody wants to think about it a little more, it takes two days to read, read a book called the midnight library. Okay. Hold up. I got to write this down. It, it was a really quick read. And when I say two days to read, it was like eight to nine hours of actual reading for me. And I don't eight or read nine books. hours I of reading in two days. I, I listen, I listen to, oh. I listen to audible now. And I, and this is the first time I read a book in like three years, but I read it like tangibly sat in front, watched sunsets by the beach and like read a book and just like wanted to get in a new zone. But it's very philosophical and, and interesting thinking about life in um, a way that uh, was written in, in a, you know, a novel that that's intriguing and, you know, captures you. And so anyway, that would, that would be my suggestion. That's deep. I like that. Um, I, I do think about this. I, I'm going to have to order the midnight library right now. Uh, after we get off this and uh, no, because it's interesting when you sit here and think about like the minor stress garbage that you're worried about. Oh my gosh. Did I actually say that on TV or, Oh no, this guy's yelling at me on mm. Twitter. Do I like none of that yeah. crap matters? Yeah. Not, and it's all irrelevant. Um, but yeah. anyways, Preston Johnson, really smart guy. Love talking to you. Con congrats on the good news about your diagnosis. And um, thank you. Hopefully we won't wait another year to do this again. Yeah. Let's do it sooner. Thanks, Jason. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. I really do like talking to Preston Johnson. He just is a nice guy. The industry, sports media industry, is just full of losers and annoying people who are just, you know, basically D-bags. And um, he's a rare good apple, you know, just a nice guy, good heart. Pulling for him with his situation there. Um, I guess I'll wrap up with a quick best bet on the World Cup. France, Morocco. Let's hope we can get as fortunate as Argentina, Croatia. Hitting on as soon as uh, the Argentina got player got tackled in, by the goalie in the box. And I thought it was a questionable PK. But it was a PK. As soon as I saw the card come out in the box, I was like, yes, it's going to be messy. And, you know, he rarely gets stoned on PKs, buries it, and it was like, boom, plus 430. Just a great, great hit. Um, 
it, it was good. It, it, you know, you love those direct hits. So let's go for a couple with France and Morocco. Now, as we know, I'm not going to break it down for you. I wrote about it for FoxSports.com. But Morocco has not given up a goal the entire tournament. We're talking about Spain, Croatia, Belgium, Portugal. Nobody scored. They did have an own goal. And, you know, they've gone to penalty kicks. But in the run of play, nothing. It's just staggering. Can they keep that up? They've got some injuries on the back line. I'm not going to pretend to know in depth about Morocco, but I do know that was the biggest win in the country's history. Um, you knock off Spain, then you beat Portugal in an upset. They're, uh, they're flying something like 13 or 30. I forget what I heard the number was. Planes full of Moroccan fans for this match. I do wonder if they will be disappointed because there's no way I'm betting against France here. It feels like the soccer gods, if you're into that, are setting up for a passing of the torch final. Messi, the GOAT, to the next likely greatest player, Kylian Mbappe, who is just putting on a show. Now, I I did mention he was shut down by England, as predicted on this podcast. Kyle Walker did a number on him. Um, Morocco has a good defender. I don't know if he's in Kyle Walker's stratosphere. He does play with Mbappe at PSG and obviously has a lot of familiarity with him. So, so yes, you could make a case that perhaps they can keep this defensive magic up. I just, I'm, I'm very reluctant to believe that they can match uh, the speed of France on the wings and be able to hang when it comes with Giroud, Giroud. I don't, I'm poor at pronouncing names if you didn't pick that up already. So for uh, any time goal scorer, I'm not going to throw a dart with first goal scorer because frankly, folks, I mean, I'm not guaranteed that there's a goal. I mean, nothing's guaranteed in the World Cup, obviously, but first goal scorer I'm going to pass on. And for any time goal scorer, I took a bite of Antoine Griezmann plus 285 and Olivia Giroud plus 177. It feels like, I mean, this is stating the obvious, but once you finally break through the impenetrable defense and you get one, then Morocco's got to totally change the attack. They can't sit back anymore and just, counter they got to get they got to chase a goal and that's when the France counter um the, the the wing Dembele is incredible like this team's awesome very very good I undervalued them criminally at the beginning of the World Cup they had a, ma- a slew of injuries dude this team could should have Benzema up front who's one of for my money one of the best goal scorers in soccer in the last decade that guy's a machine and you know I, I didn't think much of my bet they're under goal Total for the tournament, 10.5 on the chance that they might not get out of the group stage. Well, they eclipsed that, obviously. And I don't know. I, I, I just Something here smells like France gets one and then maybe a second. If you want to take a shot, uh, I think exact final score, 3-0 is something like plus 2,800. Listen, I don't know what it was for the Argentina match, but I'll say this. If France gets one and you know they've got the quickness, maybe they can get two or three. It seems highly unlikely against Morocco. They've got to get that first, but I would not be surprised by that. But I will also under two and a quarter goals. And I know if you're not a soccer gambler, that's going to look insane. Um, under two and a quarter goals is minus 111 for Morocco, France. Anyways, we'll be back tomorrow. I've got kind of a weird um, a weird schedule for Cowherd today. We're taping a special. So uh, I don't know about the guests for tomorrow, but rest assured, I will bring the noise and the funk. Talk to you then. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.